Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In fact, wherever or whenever you're listening to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast, we're back again with loads to talk about. Hi, Emma. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. With a wee bit of an amateur flavour to this edition of the podcast, Emma. Um, and indeed, we are going to dig into the recent changes that have been announced to the format and the date of the North of Ireland Amateur Championship. Yeah, we've news about a new competition, the Region of Mercia Masters, where club golfers can win a wee trip to Spain. Lovely job, Blake. Uh, and we will hear from the new West of Ireland champion, Alan Fahey. Right. So quick roundup before we go too far. Um, mm-hmm. Our major tips for the Masters and the Chevron Championship proved to be awful as usual. Um, I'm taking I'm yeah. taking contest with that because my my Cam Smith was fine until the twelfth. Continue. <laughs> All that matters is where he finished. He still made me some money. I still love him. <laughs> anyway, well done to the winners, Scotty Scheffler and Jennifer Cupco, and. Uh, Great finishes from Shane and Rory at the Masters, by the way. It was uh, a fantastic Sunday at the Masters, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was. And I'm not having any of this. This is just more of the way that they don't perform properly for four rounds. It was cracking. Everybody was on the edge of their seats. It was amazing golf. It was exciting. And Scotty was brilliant. But I think that really did. We, we needed a wee bit of spice as well to keep it keep it exciting and um and the Irish lads did that so particularly Shane turning his round round after that six early doors like that was gutsy and I think yeah maybe some pennies need to go his direction in the 2023 edition of the Masters Ooh, early pick early pick early. for you early uh- um, and as and just while we're talking about that quickly, um, you may have seen there was a brilliant picture taken of the four lads, yes. Porig, Seamus, Rory, and Shane all playing Augusta. And that's you know, let's be honest, kind of unusual. You have four Irish mm-hmm. players there all competing, um, and they all did rightly. But uh, Seamus isn't hanging around his plans for the rest yep. of the summer. He does, and now we know that his plans will also include playing in the Irish Open, which is great. He's going to play in front of home fans for the first time since becoming a PGA Tour winner when he plays in this year's Horizon Irish Open, which is returning to Mount Juliet State from the 20th, no, not the 20th, the 30th of June to the 3rd of July. Um, the Watford player has enjoyed a meteoric no less rise through the official world golf ranking going from 434th in the world at the beginning of 2021 to his current career high ranking of 40th and all the joys and invitations that that gets you in the world of Mm -hmm. professional golf it's fantastic and it'd be great for everybody to be able to have a wee peek at him yeah it's brilliant that he's done so well it just shows you how much he's He's accelerated over the last 18 months or so, but compare that to how much Scotty Scheffler's accelerated over the last 18 months. Yeah. Well, well, if he's meteoric, what are we, what's the word? What oh, are we, astronomical. Astronomical. Oh, beyond he, all, everything in the Anything. Unbelievable. Astronomy, not just a meteor. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Gone from nowhere to world number one, just like that in a blink of an eye. So well done to Scotty. Absolutely mm. amazing performance. Still not sure about him as a character, a bit dark, a bit sort of bland, but maybe he'll grow on us. I think there's a few wee bits and pieces you've seen with him and his wife, and they're just very sweet and very down to earth. There's no, maybe there's not enough spike about him, but, you know, it's saying that he 
been in tears before he played the final round and stuff as well. There's there's emotion there. There's a lot there's a lot going on in there despite the calm, maybe like you say, dark exteriors. It's that terminates its way around a golf course. He's yeah. There's there's stuff going on there. I reckon hidden depths that we may yet discover because he seems like a nice wee lad. I hope so. I hope so. Anyway, Evolve Golf Coaching's Michael McGeady, uh, carded level par 36 points to win the latest Ultra Golfers Alliance outing, which was hosted at Whitehead Golf Club. Um, Whitehead member Paddy O'Connell won the Amateur Gross Prize with 32 points, while the net prize went to another Whitehead member, Paul Boylan, with 39 points. Very good. And we're looking ahead again to things coming up. And Tiger Woods is going to play in the 2022 JP McManus Pro-Am at Adair Manor, which is in July the 4th and 5th. Woods will join a world-class field of players that includes Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, John Ram, Justin Thomas, Leona Maguire, yay, and Dustin Johnston. And the Pro-Am has actually helped raise over 140 million euro for charitable organisations in the Midwest region of Ireland since its inception in 1990. So it's does good in the world as well as being oh, quite glamorous way affair. Phenomenal, phenomenal amount of money raised and, and will have an incredible an incredible field and the crowds will be huge. Um, it was a sellout from a couple of years ago. COVID knocked it back there. So I'm sure it'll be a good. Right. The North Ireland Amateur Championship is something of an institution in these parts. Um, it's usually played slap bang in the middle of the July holiday. For those people who don't know, and I'm sure everybody does, but there are people who don't know. Um, the fields are huge. The fields have always been huge. You know, you get over 200 people playing because they do the qualifying over both the Dunluce and the Valley courses, followed by the three days of match play. And it's, you know, I used to cover it from start to finish every week and it was a fantastic event and a real sort of central piece to the to the summer for golf uh, and mm-hmm. if you were a good enough player and um, sort of we're talking scratch or better and um, playing in the north was your big ambition that's what you aimed at and that's for a lot of people that was what their summer was about yes but that is all changing from this year because the championship is becoming a stroke play event with 72 holes played over three days. The opening two days will be on the 13th and 14th of July this year and that will see 150 players play their first two rounds on the Dunluce and Valley courses and then there'll be a 36 hole cut and the final 36 holes will be played all in one day which is the 15th of July over on the Dunluce course. Now there'll still be qualifying so a qualifying event will take place on the Valley course on Monday the 11th of July which will allow additional opportunities for players to qualify for the main championship and this year's event will be the last one that actually takes place in July the 2023 North of Ireland Championship will take up a new slot new permanent slot as well in the calendar when it moves to September so that's not an insignificant change to this championship and I Mm. think um it's it hasn't gone down awfully well on social media in some quarters when I posted about it. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, listen, why not talk to somebody who played in it um, and is still close enough to remember playing in it? <laughs> and so I caught up with Chris Selfridge to see what he makes of the changes. Hiya, Chris. How's things going? The very best, Paul, and yourself? I'm all right. Thanks very much. For the record, Chris won in 2013 and 2014. He, he beat in 2013 in the final. He beat Gary Hurley. 
uh, two and one. And then he beat Robin Dawson, two up. Both lads still out there on tour, Chris, trying to make it. As a, as a former champion, somebody who had a, a big affinity with Radport Rush and, and the event itself, what, what do you make of the changes? Positive, negative? Um, I thought about them a little bit. And the first thing that came to my head was the better players. So like the elite players, the players that will be in the Irish squad, the players that will be playing for Ulster and provincial players, they'll probably like the changes because I think stroke play definitely brings the better players to the top. It's much more in your control. If you go there and you play well, you know, you, you genuinely have a good chance to win or at least have a good finish when it's match play, you could easily be knocked out in the first round. So I think the better players will like the change, but I also think there'll be a lot of people upset because one, the field is a lot smaller and two, it's a lot of people like match play because we play a lot of match play in this country. So I can see it both ways. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones that I, I, I'm kind of torn between it because I know that over the years, certainly over the last 10 years, the events suffered a bit because it clashes with a lot of the Europeans, European team events and things like that. And, and the Irish players were going away and then coming back and trying to get fitted into it. So the field wasn't full of the very best Irish players. But against that, it, it's something, you know, it, it felt part of the golfing landscape July holidays, you know, your non-elite golfer going up there, playing, doing well. There's some great storylines that we're going to miss, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's it's just that time of year when things are coming thick and fast. And even one of the years I won it, I remember it clashed with the Europeans. So a lot of the guys didn't play in it. So it was definitely one of the weaker field championships in the country. Um, so it was obviously I'm proud of winning it and all, but it was definitely easier to win for that. So maybe I know the changes, maybe I'll strengthen the field on occasion. So you could look at it that way too, but there's definitely going to be a lot of elite players in the North of, in the, especially from the Ulster province who play senior cup, Barton Shield, all that. And the North of Ireland is their major and they're just not going to be able to play in it now because the handicap cutoff is probably likely to be plus three when it's usually what around scratch or one. Yeah, you could easily, I know, you know, I'm sure you know lads that used to go up on the off chance of getting into the main draw and people would drop out. Next thing you know, they'd had their two rounds and occasionally they did well and qualified for the match play and it was the highlight of their year. Absolutely. But even even playing in it, you know, even even the level I play golf at now myself, um, if if obviously it's not, it doesn't suit with what I do for a living, as you know, but if I was able to go up there and play and, and just have a chance to play around the golf course, you know, one of the best golf courses in the world, it's it's just an absolute privilege. So so many people are going to miss out, unfortunately. But it is what it is. It's a championship at the end of the day, and Port Rush have to do what they have to do. What about the change of date then? So obviously we've, we've, we've talked about the change of stroke play, but the change to September now that's that's significant in terms of where it sits on the calendar, but also where it sits within the, the, the Northern Ireland golfing landscape because July was, as we said, July holidays. You knew where people were going to be. The golfers were going to be either watching or playing at Royal Port Rush. Do you think that helps the elite players by moving it to September? Does that suit schedules more nowadays? I guess it might suit the elite players more to play in September. Yeah, you can make that argument, but just, just from hearing about it and you think, okay, Portrush, like it's one of the best venues in the world. They're now a major championship venue again. 
they've been so generous with the course. They've given up the course a week every single year for the past, what was that, 30, I, I don't know, 30 uh, years. 70, 70, 70 years, I yeah. think, or something like that. Yeah, mad. Yeah, there you go. So they've given up their course a full week at prime time. And even the Irish Close in 2012, they gave up the course for an, a full week back then as well. I also played the Ulster Youths there back in the day. So that was another four or five days. So they've been extremely generous with their course over the years. So maybe they're thinking a little bit financially that July, you know, but you can't blame them. They've been incredibly generous to us over the years. So if they decide September's the date for them, then I just think it's great that it's at least staying at that golf course because it easily could have been moved. Yeah, I suppose that's what I'm thinking about. Could have just said, right, we've had enough of it. Um, You work with Tom now, uh, alongside Tom on a challenge tour and whatever events you can get in. Um, In terms of developing players, you obviously went on and give it a go as a pro yourself. Does it matter? Is match play really, does it have any credence any longer? Are you better with 72 hole stroke play events? Is that how you're going to train people to be successful? Tough question, Paul. But um, in my opinion, definitely stroke play will will you know it'll show where your games at because you can easily go out and match play. Like I know some of the Norths I won, for example. Like I had ropey rounds where it was maybe two or three over par and managed to win and move through. So in stroke play, you don't get an opportunity like that. And I would say the players that are winning stroke play championships, you sort of say, would be more fitted to the professional game. But um, match play is part of the part of the culture in amateur golf, isn't it? You know home internationals, Walker Cup, all those things. So you have to be good at that also. But um, I do think the more elite players will want stroke play. So, Yeah, I think it's, uh, as you say, it's kind of, it's kind of feels like it's going to favour that elite group of, of golfers who are your full-time mm-hmm. amateurs who can afford to, to not worry about having to go to work <laughs> and that sort of yeah. stuff, can't take their holidays. You were pretty handy around Royal Portrush, if I remember rightly. Now, as I said, you won it in 2013. You won it in 2014. I think it was the Irish Closure one in, in 2012. At that stage, if you could have taken Royal Portrush and put it in your pocket and taken it around the world, you'd have been making a fortune. So what was it about Plena that inspired you? Um, again, another good question, Paul. Um Usually when you say that, you don't have an answer, so you're just buying yourself time, aren't you? I would, <laughs> um, I would say that, you know, it, my dad played in the North and stuff growing up, and there was, being a low handicap golfer from age 14 on, there was always, you know, the North, the North, the North. It was almost like a local major and a local hero, so you always looked up to the tournament, and obviously Port Rush being Port Rush, you just just loved playing there so I think over the years I played there so much and then when the north came along I was just I just loved being there um obviously knowing the golf course better than everyone that that's a well not not everyone but better than most was a slight advantage and I just somehow managed to win there once and then once you've won there once you're always coming back every year and then it became twice and it became three times so I don't think there's any secret to it it just kind of happened yeah, as you say, local, well, not local knowledge, but familiarity, understanding where to miss it, maybe playing yeah. in the conditions more regularly than some of the others certainly helps. And Chris, just quickly going back to current position with you and Tom out in the challenge tour, it's been a very positive start to the season, some good results. Um, you're in a wee bit of a lull now, but, but what have we got to look forward to? Yeah, it's been great. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's been brilliant. Uh, it's just a bit of a lull at the moment, unfortunately. There's no events on. We were supposed to be in Tanzania last week, but it's, it got cancelled. Um, and now we've got a few weeks off. Um, hopefully he'll maybe get an invite somewhere. Maybe he won't. Who knows? But the season will come thick and fast from May onwards, and it's going to be good. He'll be playing in Galgorm in the European Tour in August. Is that August? I, I actually don't even know. It's in the it's in the summer holidays at some point. Anyway, August, so. it is indeed. It's the ASPS Honda in August. I think it's the eleventh yep. to the fourteenth is a Thursday to the Sunday. Yep. So he'll be planning that, and apart from that, full challenge for a season. So yeah, loads to look forward to. Brilliant, Chris. As always, thanks very much for coming on and having a yarn. Look after yourself on tour, and we'll speak to you soon. Let's talk to you soon, Paul. Cheers. Bye bye. Right. So Chris had a couple of. I thought sensible. Chris is usually pretty level-headed, pretty sensible mm-hmm. about it. It kind of reflects some of what was said on social media, but the general just on social media was that I think it harks back to something I said about, you know, if you were a scratcher better yeah. um, around, you could play in the North and you got a chance to play in the North. And, and I know lads who end up to, to the North every year who weren't scratcher better two or three handicappers and they waited around because the new lads would drop out and they got to play. Mm-hmm. And that's gone. That's sort of every man approach is going to go from it now. And it's really mm-hmm. become an elite. And as Chris talked about, it's yeah. very much seems to be geared, geared towards the elite. And I just wonder, uh, I just, I'm not sure now really, but um, we're kind of losing some of that, some of that, you know, amateur-ish, amateur from golf, mm-hmm. you know, when we're now yeah. getting the professional elite golfers as opposed the professional to... amateurs, as it were. Yeah, yeah. as opposed yeah. to the lad who has a job and yeah. takes his week's holidays and goes up with the family to the North Coast and mm-hmm. he plays qualifying. And if he's lucky, he makes a cut and he gets an hour around or two of match play while the family's out at the beach or down getting ice cream yeah. or at the amusements or something. Yeah. I think that's kind of kind of losing that and it's sad in a way. It is. It is a when you put it like that, like it's the romance around that. It's sounds that sounds stupid, but it, it is. And that, that's what, you know, the, the atmosphere and the tradition from big events, you know, whether they're local or national or whatever they might be, that that is a big part of this sport in general. And you just I don't know, you sort of wonder if there's anything going to come in its place that would cater for that, you know, the the level slightly below, as you say, rather than being the, you know, the, the scratch minimum. I mean, we're talking about plus twos, plus threes, realistically, for the standard now that, that we're talking about. And yeah, when you said it like that, I, you know, I could almost, you could almost picture it. Or it was romantically picking them, picturing people going up on the train and also, you know, like, Really, well, back in the day, I'm sure that's yeah, what they did, but you no, know, exactly, exactly. I, but like have, you said, you know, have we lent not lent on, but you know, we've relied on Port Rush to be hosting this event, and their position in a way, like we said, is shifting a little now. They are officially in, you know, it wasn't a one off having the open and, and everything else. And because, well, obviously, like the year that they had the open the first time, it was a Port Stewart, wasn't it? So it was already a little, a little change there anyway. So Maybe it's if we want it to stay at this venue, then you're gonna have a little give and take. But yeah, yeah like like you say, it's it is it sounds very small if you just say that on paper and you don't know anything 
about the history or the implications. Yeah, I think that's exactly the point. I think if you're not brought up in the north mm -hmm. and don't understand about its position in, in, in the golfing summer up in the north, it maybe doesn't hit you as much. You don't have match play, stroke play. I know for the your elite amateurs, stroke play, they're thinking world ranking points, they're thinking mm -hmm. funding further, keeping themselves as one of these elite amateurs. The last thing you want is to get through qualifying and get knocked out by a greenkeeper from down the road. But <laughs> as a journalist and for some for somebody who was covering it, those were the stories you loved. You yeah. love the fact that, you know, you got you got one of the top amateurs rocking up and qualifying first or second and meeting the guy who who had had arrived late and pulled his shoes on the car park because he was working early that morning and went out uh -huh. and, won, and beat, beat him. So those yeah. kind of stories are, are, are not going to be around as much. And that's sad. There's no other way. As a journalist, I find that sad. I think the romance is lost somehow if you're only mm -hmm. focusing on the lads who play golf full time all the time yeah. because they're students or they or they or, or they can afford to do it. What I was going to say after the waffling was that then you end up and it yes, it's our our major in our commas, but then it becomes the same field, doesn't it? in the same way that the pro events or that it's the same group of elite amateurs that will play this event as will play other events around Ireland that will play other events around the UK as well you know it's it's not got the variety and like, like you say the little bit of spice and the little yeah extra thing that that makes it special maybe it will feel yeah. quite the same yeah, and then obviously moving it to September takes it out of the holiday period for a lot of people. So that's yeah. going to make it even more difficult for, for the, the non-elite amateurs. So yeah. overall, I can see why they're doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I probably in some respects understand why they're doing it. Um, but the, but there's a part of me is going to say, oh, it's going to miss, we're going to miss those stories that, that made it so interesting from a journalistic point of view. because the amateur season is in full flow at the minute. Uh, Rubenstein's Sean Keeling finished as runner-up to Germany's Carl Siemens in the French Boys Championship. Indeed he did. That's not a bad result for the lad out there. Um, the interprovincial managers and captains have been confirmed for 22 and 23. Um, some interesting choices for Ulster. Uh, um, I'm only marking these out. Obviously, there's girls and boys and under 16s and under 14s, but just a couple of names that might, people might be aware of. There's the men's captain, Rory Leonard, former Irish International. The women's captain's Paula Metcalf. She did last year as well. She's from Malone. Um, Rory's obviously from Banbridge. And if you track away down there, down the list of names, the boys under 16 manager is Tiernan McLaren, who from Mazarin Golf Club, another Irish international, probably was playing Irish international golf last probably in the last two years. So mm -hmm. I think it's a great thing that that, that these people are, are going back into the system to provide a bit of support and encouragement for the next generation. Well yeah. done to them. Exactly. Congratulations to everybody involved there because it's, you know, it's no mean feat dedicating your time and your skills to well, anything, never mind, you know, something that, that will take a lot of commitment like this and, and people really do benefit from having good people in these positions as well. So like you say, people coming back into into the, the system as well, which is it's just always nice. And also people with recent experience and who, you know, they're not talking about 20, 30 years ago.
I've got some more winners to tell you about as well. So Beth Coulter and Matthew McLean were the big winners in the 36 scratch-up events for men and women at Royal Portrush. Coulter, who of course is a Curtis Cup squad member from Kirkstone Castle, was a runaway victor of the Sarah Bolton Scratch Cup. Meanwhile, Malone's McLean, an Irish international, just edged out Castle Rock's Andrew Mulholland to win the Ian Bamford Scratch Cup. And the West of Ireland Championship was won by Brez Alfehi, who beat Liam Nolan from Galway 2-1 and won at County Sligo GC. There's a nice symmetry after last year, losing to TJ, County Sligo yeah. man. You, you, you come down and win the West End, County Sligo. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what did getting to last year's final in the Hinch do for you today? I definitely felt way more comfortable, like even with the crowds and stuff. Like last year, I hit a few waiver drives early on and I was so unconfident over every tee shot. So I was really focused and all. I kind of got a bit... I was a bit careless in my attitude in the South probably, like I was just kind of like, all right, I've got to the final now, like nearly just trying to enjoy it or nearly just trying to be like, oh, I've already had a good week and today I just definitely pushed on and got the head down a lot more and didn't even think about winning all day to be honest, like just, I was really good just focusing that one shot at a time, so yeah, no, that's what I did really well today. You probably didn't see it, but after that up and down in 16 when I went in, Liam had the flag in his hand and he just, he just had a nice smirk. It's just like, it could be yeah. one of those days. Like, for you, how important was it coming in? Because as, as Brian said, you were very uh, you were, like, you were very clutch in those puts coming in. Yeah, Jesus. Like, I knew he was going to, I knew he was going to hold on 15. Like, he just kind of had to make him put out in case. But then to hold that one on 16, 15 and 16, like, yeah, Jesus. If I hadn't held him, like, he, he could be standing here talking to you. So, I had to off him, though. I played well all day. And it was, it was actually a great match. Like, yeah, it was nip and tuck all the way, really. And finally, just for me, like it's a very big role of honour you're joining now. Like there's a lot of good names on that, and yeah. you'll be on that. You'll be on that board now on the inside yeah. for the rest of your life. That's oh, great. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's only when I when I lost in the final in the South, it's like, oh geez, that was such a good opportunity. I let slip. Like then I had me playing great. I'm like, geez, are you ever going to be uh, competing like that again? So I'm delighted. Kind of hard work's paid off anyway because I put in a lot of work over the last few months. Like didn't really see results, and I just stayed patient really. Sometimes it pays off, you just have to stick to it, like, and uh, yeah, hopefully it pays off. So. Okie dokes, so one of the things we're going to do this season is highlight some events for the club player to compete in, and we've got a good one here for you, which we flagged earlier, the Region of Mercia Masters, which is hard to say, but will be excellent to play. But don't take our word for it, here's NI Sporting legend Aaron Hughes with the big invite. Over to you, Aaron. Aaron Hughes here, um, delighted to be ambassador of the inaugural Region of Mercia Masters. Uh, it's a fantastic event for amateurs, uh, great prize at the end, you know, um, get involved, come along and uh, hopefully see you in Spain in November. All right, so now Aaron, give you the big invite. Here's a detail for anyone interested in getting involved. So there's 10 clubs in all, covering all six counties, who will host a series of open qualifying events from this month through to September, with the winners from each club flying out in November to the region of Mercia in the southeast of Spain. The prize will see 10 winners and their guests enjoy a once-in-a-lifetime four-night trip in November with flights with helicopter and three rounds of golf included. Now, as we said already, um, Aaron is one of the uh, ambassadors. He's going to be joined by Keith Gillespie, both very keen golfers, uh, and they'll be out there for the grand final. So the clubs involved are Ardlass, Castle Rock, 
Clandy Boy, Don Murray, Edenmore, Galgrim Castle, Killy Moon, Lockarn Resort, Portadown, and Whitehead. And these are open events, remember. So if you have a Golf Ireland handicap, you can play in them. Just make sure you contact each club to see how qualifying will work. And every club will run its own order of merit style race to Mercia competitions. And of course, you can keep up via Twitter, and the handle is at MerciaMasters1. Wonder why they need the one. Do you think there are a lot more Mercia Masters is coming? I don't know. Maybe they'll have a new one every very, year. Maybe very good point. Start with one. Yeah. So good luck to anybody <laughs> who has a go and play and enjoy yes. it. Um, and if you win, remember Emma and I will gladly fly out um, as a guest, as your plus one, oh, yeah. plus two, plus well, two. Well, actually, we're you know depending which airline it is, we are also quite pocket sized the pair of us yes, we could yes. always put us in a wee bag and we would be yes. fine wouldn't we PK yeah. we, we would fit in hot we'd fit in, 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 in hold on <laughs> and luggage yeah. yeah you wouldn't even need to put us in the hole just put us above the above the seat sir. there you are yeah, we, <laughs> um, and, that, and that's just on, on that bombshell of size <laughs> that's the end of another busy show thanks for listening a wee bit different as I said a wee bit different focusing on some of our amateur news instead of always talking about the pros and who's doing what keep <laughs> in touch via our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter and we'll be back in a couple of weeks alright don't touch me see you Shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. Sea woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass.